everyone. I am so grateful to be celebrating Christmas Sunday with you after such a difficult year. Today we get the opportunity to finish up our teaching series, God with Us. And, and today's message is, is very, very personal to me, and I pray that it will be a blessing to you as well. What I want to talk to you about today is a cornerstone of belief for those of us who are followers of Jesus. Theologians like to call this the Incarnation. What do we believe when we talk about the Incarnation? So I want to read to you today from Matthew chapter 1, some very powerful verses of Scripture that will introduce you to this idea of the Incarnation. It says this, it says, it says Matthew chapter 1 verse 18, it says, This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. Let me just point this out right here because I think that this is what is missing in our society today. Joseph points out and gives us an example of something that we need to understand. We need to understand that God calls us to righteousness, that's purity, that's following God's word. The scripture says that he valued God's word in his heart. But then it said that he did not want to disgrace Mary. And so he decides to do everything quietly. I think we're missing this in our society and this is an example to us as Christians. We need to have fidelity to the word of God. And fidelity to people. If we do not have fidelity to people, but we have fidelity to God's word, then what we've just engaged in is religion that is oppressive to people without care for their souls. And in our society today, we have the opposite. We have fidelity to people without fidelity to God's word. We abandon God's law, we abandon God's truth, we abandon morality in favor of pleasing people. So if there's anything that Joseph teaches us, he says, we need to have fidelity to God's word, God's truth, above all else. And we need to have fidelity and love for people. So I can sum it up in this statement, love God, love people. It says, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message to the prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God. With us. So today what I want to do is I want to talk about the presence of God through the birth of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. The God who is with you, the God who is for us, the God who will never leave us, he will never forsake us. So, so what is the incarnation? Simply put, the incarnation is when God became flesh in the person of his son, Jesus. 
John's Gospel in John chapter 1 verse 14 says this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. The incarnation is when God the Spirit entered into our world in Jesus, who is God incarnate. 100% God, 100% man, God in the flesh. Now, I imagine you'd want me to explain this idea to you, and so I'll explain it to you the way I would to my beautiful son, Micah. What I did is I, I, I'd, I'd written this imaginary story of what would happen if God the Father had a conversation with Jesus before Jesus came to earth. And the Father was explaining to him what, what it was going to be going on on earth and what would be his mission and what it would cost him. So I just want to be clear, this, this conversation really didn't happen, but what I'm going to talk about is consistent with what the Bible says happened. So we're going to get a little bit of creativity going on here. So imagine what it would be like if, if God the Father said, Jesus, here is what it's going to cost you. And the loving Father explained to Jesus what his mission would entail. How would this conversation go? Well, it would go a little something like this. Jesus, son, this is your mission should you choose to accept it. I'm going to send you to earth to fulfill my perfect will. To be a sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. Well, how's it going to start? Well, Jesus, I've chosen for you the woman who will be your mother. You're going to love her. She's a teenage girl who's completely devoted to our will. Her name is Mary. She loves us so much. She is pure in every way, not like all the other girls, you know, the ones who play spin the bottle and truth or dare all the time. She's pure. She's going to be an amazing mom. I've also chosen for you an earthly dad. Uh, see, I'm your heavenly father, but you, you're going to have an earthly father. His name is Joseph. He is, he's a good man. He's going to be your stepdad. Now, Jesus, when you go to earth, you have to remember, you're going to have to be born of a virgin. In other words, you're going to spend nine months baking in the oven in Mary's womb before she pushes you out into the cruel, cold world. Jesus speaks up perhaps for the first time and says, nine months? Could we consider a stork? And God laughs. Jesus is joking, but he says, just to be real clear, you have to be born of a virgin because you're not going to have an earthly father who helps you to be conceived so that you do not inherit his sin nature. But you will be born of a woman nonetheless because you need to be all man. But because I'm your real father, you're also divine. You're human and you're divine. You're man and you're God. That's why it has to be this way. Jesus says to the father, of course, I understand. Now when you're born, you need to understand this. You're going to be born in, in a very common place. Most people would expect you to be born in a palace because you're the son of God. But I've selected a very nice cave for you next to some farm animals. Jesus smiles at the father and he says, Dad, I, I get it. We're going to let everybody know that I haven't come just for the rich and the powerful, but I've come for the common and the ordinary. God says exactly, Jesus. Now, when you're born, Jesus, from day number one, you need to realize that every demon in hell is going to hate you. 
And for your whole life, they're going to be coming after you to try and destroy you. The first time you're going to see this is before you're even walking. See, this evil king, his name is Herod. He's going to issue a command that the, all the little boys under the age of two are going to be murdered because he's going to try to find you. And your family's going to have to go on the run and you're going to have to try to escape to Egypt. And if you don't get out of there, your life is going to be in danger, Jesus. I could imagine Jesus taking notes, writes down, note, remember, secure frost donkey out of Israel. And God goes on to say to him, Jesus, you're going to have supernatural power. You're going to have all the power in heaven with you on earth. He says, Jesus, just, just remember, when your mom and dad try to give you a bath, don't you be splitting that bath water in two and sitting in a dry tub. Jesus, just take that bath. And if, and if your daddy gives you broccoli, don't be changing that into no chocolate cake. Just eat, eat the broccoli, Jesus. And when you go to school, Jesus, you're going to have perfect attendance. You'll have straight A's. The teachers are going to love you. The students, they're going to be jealous of you. And when you grow up, I've chosen for you to be a carpenter just like your earthly dad. You're not going to make a lot of money, but you're going to find fulfillment in helping people. You'll be good at it, but people will not respect you in your hometown. They will not show you honor. But you will work with your hands creating because that's what we are. We're, we're creative. And they have no idea that the very wood from which you form tables will be the same wood that one day will form the cross on which you'll die. Jesus, use your power wisely. You'll be able to speak and change things. Your first miracle, however, I've chosen for you. You're going to change water into wine at a wedding. Jesus looks at the father confused and he says, Dad, my first miracle is going to be a party trick. And God smiles and says, yes, Jesus. We're going to try to mess with the Baptists and the Pentecostals. Because for years they're going to debate, was it real wine or was it non-alcoholic? And we're going to have a little fun with them, Jesus. But Jesus, you're going to do some real miracles. You're going to open blind eyes. You're going to heal deaf ears. You're going to raise the dead, and they're still going to hit you. They're going to call you a liar. They're going to call you a lunatic. They're going to call you a crazy person. They're going to say you're drunk. They're going to say that you're their enemy. But just keep on loving them. Jesus, show them who we are. Show them my love. What I want you to do is reach out and befriend those who are prostitutes. Touch those who are lepers. Love those that religion rejects. The more you love, the more they're going to hate you. But just keep on loving them anyway. This is why. You'll remember. You have to show them who I am. Show them my heart. Show them my love. And the devil's going to attack. At every turn, the devil's going to try to attack you. And after you've been seeking me for 40 days, the devil will attack. And when he does, I want you to fight back with the living word of God. Jesus, whenever the devil says to you, hey, turn these stones. You're hungry. Why don't you turn them into bread? Let's, let's rehearse. What verse are you going to use? And Jesus says to him, I, I know, I remember, Dad. I'll tell the devil, it is written, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God says, good, Jesus, very good. He says, what if the devil tells you to throw yourself all up a mountain to just to test to see if I'll send angels to protect you? And Jesus says, oh, I remember, Dad, that one's easy. I'll tell the devil, thou shalt not put the Lord your God to the test. 
God smiles and says, that's good, son, that's good. But what if Satan throws the big one at you and says, I'll give you all the riches of the world. All you have to do is worship me for just a moment. Jesus says, Dad, I'll look straight at him and say, get away from me, Satan. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. God says, well done. That's exactly right, Jesus. Jesus, you keep on standing strong. You're going to have some friends, in fact, 12 men that you invest in and that you love, your disciples, and you're going to give them your best, and, and they're going to love you back, and they're going to be loyal to you until they're not. Peter, he'll, he'll be one of the boldest and one of the loudest. He's going to tell you, I'm always going to be there. If everyone else denies you, I'll never deny you. But then in front of a little eight-year-old girl, he's going to act like he never knew you. And he'll do it a second and a third time because he's too afraid to stand by you. That one's going to hurt. But when you're serving what will be known as our supper, the Lord's Supper, you'll break bread and you'll hand out the wine and that will represent what will happen to your body and the blood that will be spilt. And you will share that with one of your closest friends, a man named Judas. And hours after that, that very same man will sell you out for a few pieces of silver and hand you over to your enemies and he'll betray you with a kiss on the cheek. Jesus, just keep on loving them anyway. God looks at him and says, son, I want you to be Pay careful attention. That's going to be bad, but it's only going to get worse. In the Garden of Gethsemane, you're going to see ahead what is coming to you, and you're going to know, and you're going to be so overwhelmed that you're going to ask me, Dad, is there any other way? And I'm going to tell you what I'm telling you now. You know there's not. You have to go to the cross, and you look up at me with all the love and obedience in your heart, and you will say, okay, Father, your will be done, not mine. And because of the pain of what you know is coming, you will literally sweat blood out of agony. And they'll arrest you and they're going to beat you. And they're going to hurt you like no man has ever been hurt before. You'll not even be recognizable as a human. They'll whip you again and again on your bare back. 39 lashes until you're ripped open, crying out in agony. Then you'll throw you down on an instrument of torture known as a cross. And stretch out your right arm and drive a stake through your wrist. And you'll scream in agony because you're a man. And you'll feel the pain. And when you think nothing could hurt anymore, they'll take your other arm. And they'll do the same thing again. And when you aren't sure you can survive that agony, they're going to take your feet. And they're going to drive stakes through your feet. And they'll strip you naked to humiliate you and hang you on a cross where the very people that you're trying to love will come by and mock you and spit in your face and say, Hail, King of the Jews. You saved other people. Why don't you save yourself? And the very people, Jesus, that we created will mock us, the Creator. And because of who you are, you will look up to heaven and say, Dad, Dad, please have mercy on them. Please forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. Continue to press on Jesus. At any moment, you could call legions of angels and I'll send them to rescue you, but don't do that. Keep showing my love. 
press on to the finish. And when you do complete everything, declare that you finished it. Say it out loud. It is finished. And then climb up into heaven and give me your spirit. Every step of the way, I'll be with you. I'll never leave you until you become the embodiment of sins. See, to take the sins of the world and die for those sins. Remember, because you're an innocent sacrifice, you're going to have to become sin. And son, I have to look away from sin because I'm holy. I can't look upon it. And all the physical pain that you experienced up until this point will pale in comparison to the moment that I need to withdraw from you. And you'll cry out, Dad, Dad, why did you turn away? Why can't you be with me now when I need you the most? Just remember, I can't look upon the embodiment of sin. But cry out and give your life for those who hate you. They'll bury you in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, some women will come to check in on the tomb and the stone won't be in its proper place anymore. And neither will you, son, because you will be raised up from the dead because we will fulfill the perfect and final sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins of the people that we love so much. Are you up for that, son? Are you willing to do that? Jesus takes it all in and he says to the Father, I am. The Holy Spirit speaks up and he says, hey, I've, I've been here the whole time. Everybody kind of forgets about me. Jesus, don't forget about me. Tell them I'll be with them. And Jesus says, of course I will. He says, I'll look at them and I'll tell them clearly. I'll tell them if you love me and keep my commands, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate to help you. And he will be with you forever, the spirit of truth, Emmanuel, God with us. And then Jesus says, I, I know. I need to remind them that even when I go away, the spirit will come and dwell within them. But then when I leave, I'm going to tell them what to do and the promise I commit to make. I'll tell them, here is your assignment. Before I ascend into heaven, I'll say, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And then I will tell them this, Dad. I'll remind them. I'm with you always. Until the very end of the age. Because that's who we are. We will be the word made flesh. Because I am Emmanuel, God with them. I won't leave them. We won't forsake them. Even when they hate us, we'll continue loving them. Even when they turn away, we'll continue pursuing them. And God says to them, Jesus, are, are you up for this? Jesus says, yes, I'm up for this. So what's your mission, Jesus? Tell me. My mission is to seek and save the lost. My mission is to rescue those who are dead in their sins. I'm going to bring them life and life more abundantly. Good, really good, Jesus. Now, now remind me, who, who are you going for? I'm not going for the righteous, Jesus says. I'm going for the sinners. I'm not going those who are already healthy. I'm going for the sick. Now, why, why are you going, Jesus? Remind me of why are you going. Because there are sheep without shepherd. They need a shepherd. And I am the good shepherd who will lay down his life for his sheep. And I've got to go. We can't not go. We can't shout our love from heaven. We've got to show our love on earth. 
I will go and show them how good you are. I'll show them how much you love them. I'll show them that love isn't just what you do, but love is who you are. It's your essence. It's your being. Wow. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. What does that mean? It means he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He is always with us. His spirit dwells inside of us. When we're lost, he is with us as our guide. When we're alone, he's with us as our companion. When we're hurting, he's with us as our comforter. When we're afraid, he is with us as our peace. When we're sick, he is with us as our healer. When we're weak, he is with us as our strength. When we are dead and lost in our sins, he is our almighty Savior. He is Emmanuel who came to save people from their sins. And that's the way I would tell my son the story of the good news. That God didn't just shout his good news from the heavens, but he came to earth. He was willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice so we can know just how good he is. Now, who is he? Emmanuel. He is God with us.